You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, I agree with Shipwreck from Cheapass Gamer, who just tweeted It's 2013. When I press a button during a cutscene in a game, video game, it means something's happening in real life. I need to pause, and then I need to carry on later, not skip the cutscene. But what if you want to skip the cutscene? If you want to skip the cutscene, then when you press your button, it should say skip, press A, or, or skip, press B, or pause, press A. There should be two choices, because... Sometimes you do want to skip a cutscene, say you've already played the game before and you know what's going to happen. Want to skip? But generally for me, I don't want to skip a cutscene. It's like skipping a chapter of a movie just to get to... Right. So, um, and I'll tell you, and I play a lot of games, 90% of games, when you're drawing a cutscene, if you press a button, it just skips it and then puts you back into gameplay and you have no idea what happened. You're just like, oh, really? Okay. Because I've pressed it on accident before. You know, just like I had the controller in my lap and pressed the button and gone, oh crap. So, so for, any, for any of you wondering, this was the after the show monologue, not discussion, because I don't care about the topic, but he was explaining <laughs> this tweet and his personal point of view. So game developers... Who are listening, of course. And it right. can't be difficult. Come on. Well, you don't you, know. You press a button, it pauses, or you press a button, it skips it. Can't be that difficult. Yeah, but then people say, oh, yeah, but it's two buttons to get to pu- to skip over. Screw you, thing. people who say that. How about you say, if you press this thing, it skips it, and this thing, it pauses. Yeah, it. just like a picture of the two buttons and show. No, you. not a picture of the two buttons. You just know from now on, this button always pauses a cutscene, and this that's button. extra complicated, especially for people who. It's really don't simple. Like a little thing comes across the bottom of the screen during the cutscene. If you want to skip. Press this. If you want to pause, press no, this. No, nothing coming across the screen while I'm watching a cutscene either. That's it. That's annoying. <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> that's, tweet. That's like watching TV when those stupid things <laughs> pop up at the bottom and people go, yay! You know. You mean like in the in the corner with a little tiny image of the button and skip or pause? You would be irritated at that. I would be irritated by it. Only I only want to see it if I have to actually do it. Um, yeah, because you know those li- you know topic. those little blips that pop up when you're watching a TV show. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking no, about I'm not talking about that. Thing. This is a different topic. What I'm saying is, but that's what you're comparing. Those little to. blips annoy the shit out of me. Anything that is actually those little things annoy the shit out of me. That tells you what channel you're watching in the corner, where it says BBC for the entire episode of EastEnders when we're watching it. To me, it's annoying. Like show it at the beginning. You're watching BBC, then go off. Then come back on at the end, maybe, but not the whole episode. It doesn't need to be there, does it? Well, it, I understand the logic, because if, if you are turning channels, and you've got a bunch of channels, and you're flicking, 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 and stuff's on, and you're not, you don't know your numbers, as you're turning, you go, oh, that's numbers. BBC. Your numbers, you don't know your numbers. I don't know number 53 Yeah, but is. nowadays, digital, it's all, it comes No, they don't, oh, no, 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 they're not all correct. Absolutely not. A lot of them aren't programmed, boxes don't work, they're really slow, you got to wait. Like five or six seconds for it to pop up. So if you just glance and go, oh, that's TLC. Oh, that's da da da. Oh, that's blah blah blah. You so, know CNN and stuff. What it so looks the like. the thing is here, 
But the logo should be on during commercials as well. Because as you're flicking through, then the little BBC thing should be on the commercial too. Because if you're flicking through channels during commercials, but BBC doesn't have commercials. That example. TLC, for example. Or the Food Network. Or ESPN. or Well, ESPN's very recognizable, but you see what I'm saying. So the, the answer topic. is <laughs> fix TV and fix video games. Don't have bo- boxes that take six seconds to change a channel. and don't. No, it's not the changing the channel part. It's no, I mean, it don't have that either. No, I mean, it doesn't recognize what the network is for several seconds, and then it'll pop up. Right, well, by well, then you're ready that. to move make on. It, make, it, make everything immediate, and then we'll all be happy. So, it is... I don't think that's what we're getting at. No, that is what I'm getting at. So, Saturday, uh, May the 18th, 2013, and this is after the show number 275. Um, we're looking at the movie Jack Reacher. This is a 2012 movie, and it will be released on uh, Blu-ray on the 7th of May. So, it's already out. You can go and get it now. Um, it's PG-13. It's from our friends at Paramount, and Sid Talk here is going to give us the synopsis of Jack Reacher. But first, why do you say the wrong date? Because when people get this, I've said this before, <laughs> oh, no, they will be Monday. getting it on Sunday. Right, which isn't even the date you just said. You said Saturday. Yeah, I always say the day we record it. But we're not. This is right. Wednesday. Correct. Because of a death in they the don't family care. and because of a graduation. So we're moving it up a couple of days. I just always am curious. It's, it's like the internet. It doesn't matter about lying then about the date. Then not say the date. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Well, at least the month and the year, because that kind of... T- Puts it in perspective. But anyway, Jack... I keep on calling Jack Archer. Because I watch Archer. And that name just keeps popping in my mind. But Is he called Jack Archer? No, not Jack. What? Um, I don't remember his first John. name. John. John Archer. I don't think so. Can't remember. Oh, that's crazy. Steve. And I watch it so many times. Oh my <laughs> god. I'll think of it halfway through this. But anyway, Jack Archer is a Jack Archer's not actually this. (laughs) Oh, Jack Reacher. (laughs) Jack Reacher is a um, modern-day Hulk. This is the way I'm going to describe him. Except for he doesn't begin green. It's the Hulk cross with Sherlock Holmes. He has no no home. He's a wanderer. He kind of solves crimes. In this movie, he tries to help to investigate... What seems to be a clear-cut case of a shooter killing a bunch of random people, and it fairly quickly turns into a bit of a not mystery or anything, but like it's not what you think it is. Ex-military police is also right, uh, but the story isn't. You know, it's got a, it's got its own little wavy things. It's not a hundred percent original, like, but the things inside of it are so. Yeah, so Jack Reacher, um, I had no preconceptions for this movie. I did know it was a no- uh, series of novels. I didn't realize it was such a big series. I didn't even of- know it was anything. I had no, no clue. I, I did because I'd heard, I'd, you know, because I shop for books a lot and look online for books and I'm on bars and I often see the name Jack Reacher and I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is. There it is. Same with other books. So I knew it was a series of books. I didn't know it was a series of books that was been going for what, 10 years, and there's like 16, 17 of them. Um, So this is based, this movie is based on the ninth book, which is called One Shot. So it's, um, you know, maybe maybe this is successful and they do more of the books, but this is like, but it doesn't matter that it's the ninth book, because you get his backstory just from what they say, don't you? 
which is what I like. I mean, I'm lost why we would discuss the series of books, because it's just the movie. So what's contained in the movie really is what matters. Oh, I was just giving you some backstory on this movie. Right, but I'm never going to read the books, so to me it's And I am going to read the books. I got the the books today, so I'm going to read them. Because after watching this movie and... um, you know, hinting at his backstory in this movie, because they do. I'm interested in it. You know? Especially his time in the military. It sounds interesting to me. Because of who he, you know, the type of person he is. Um, but the movie, Jack Reacher, Tom Cruise, um, I thought, and this is a pleasant surprise to be honest, and I think the opening sequence is really shocking. Like, it's a really, really good opening to a movie. It really might, good. It might... Um, upset some people because it's pretty near to what kind of things are happening at the moment. Um, you know, terrorist type uh, public attacks, let's say, that just happened. Um, but why are you looking confused? There's no bomb or anything. I know there's no bomb, but it's the same kind of deal. Like, it, it's I mean, sl- we've had um, what are they called? Snipers. Right in the past, but I know we have. Recent. But I'm saying it's. It's near to, like, a, a, a bomb attack. Because innocent people just randomly get killed, right? Sure. That's what I'm getting at. So somebody involved in that recently might see that and go, ooh, that's a bit near to... Um, but it's a real shocking opening. Did you notice that the opening contained no blood, though? No <laughs> For... blood and no dialogue. Right, no dialogue. But no, it was a very clean... Um, it was like a video game sniping segment, but it, it, there was no blood. Because, obviously, it's a PG-13 movie. It's not as edgy as that. But, really good, stunning opening, I thought. Really, like, whoa. <laughs> I'm interested immediately. And then when uh, the Jack Reacher character came, turned up. And it's not all, It's not immediately. You get, like, you get the backstory and then he turns up. I was immediately interested in him, too. Because I was like, wow, this isn't... I was thinking he's going to be this guy that they call, call him, him in. Yep, yep. Uh, you know and the the genuine the general thing that you hear like oh it's this guy and he's so suave and smooth he's that like guy sniper isn't that the name of it with marky mark yeah is that the one where he yeah he was a guy who gets called in because he's been because he was himself, good he, at that out at, out in the woods remember didn't want to be a part uh-huh. of anything and they call him back because he's the best at what he does right but this one i was thinking well it's tom cruise it's going to be this smooth guy who they call in and he has all the answers and and while that is true, he's not the perfect individual that I was thinking. Because I, I was just thinking, he's this dude who's going to fix things. But he's this dude... I was going to say he was broken, but he's not broken. He's actually really together in himself. He, he knows own, what he is. He has his own rules. Da-da. Um, and that's what made it really interesting for me. Is this drifter character who you know, doesn't have a home... Doesn't necessarily doesn't even have his next change of clothes. He's just like this guy who goes around. See, I you know I don't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He gets called in for this, but I don't know what he's doing. He's obviously working out. Yeah, he's working out <laughs> most of the time and sucking in his gut a lot. Like if you just think about it, he's I mean, done- Tom Cruise is not a young man. Tom Cruise has done that sucking in the middle part for a while in the last. There few has movies. to have been some surgery involved. It was in. Um, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying Mission Impossible as well. I seemed to look at him when he had no shirt on, and I was like, "What's he doing? He's doing something weird. He's breathing in, or he's because like- when you look at a young man's torso, like we did on." Um, uh, Australian apprentice, yeah, like the young a, man's like torso. A... <laughs> There's just a thing about it that's it's 
I'm not saying like how good it is or bad it is. I'm saying there's a shape to it that makes sense. But then when a middle-aged man is thin, but not skinny, and he's got the sucking in, but there's still a six. I mean, he's in there. shape and everything. He's but, very in shape. But it, 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 and yes, he has his shirt off a couple but times. But yeah, Jack Reacher's backstory must be he's in the gym pumping iron, and he's at all times, <laughs> like every minute of yeah. every day. Occasionally goes to the charity shop for some clothes. Um, but yeah, I, I was I dig that character because it's not conventional and I, I see what he was getting at you know and it like somebody like Jason Bourne or whatever he's he's all he can handle himself in all situations I assume because in this movie I was like wow he can fight he can shoot guns. so he is a convention he is but he he's not there, unique there's he a only little has the spin one on thing, it, um tiny little. spin that's my thing the about Hulk. the thing about him is that in my mind he is a he's a character on a page which came through I did not know it was a book until we watched the extras. No clue whatsoever. Like, I didn't even realize it. And the whole way through, the way he's constructed, the interactions with everybody, just the the whole of it is very page. It's like... It's like... it's It is. And I'm thinking this is the, like a script. Like a script 101 of how to write a character who gets your, gets your blood all pumping and you're, like, totally behind him, but you know he's got flaws, but you want him to succeed and, you know... It's not very... There's not a lot of surprises. To me, there were no surprises. I think I like that he wasn't flawed. But I he mean, was. But, but not in your typical... He's, he's not a drunkard or anything like that. Yeah. Or some stuff. It's just, he didn't what you see wife. is what you get. I guess that's what it is. What you see is what you get. That's him. There, is, there isn't much of a mystery. He seems to, to have a thing where... Over the top... Over the... Like, over the top, this sense of... Right and wrong, and when he sees a wrong, yeah, yeah, he can't leave it alone. He can't he leave it alone because we get that near at the end. That thing of like, okay, buddy, you know that thing. So that's not new. No, that's the Hulk again. That's what I'm saying. Like I think of him as the Hulk or the A Team, somebody who comes in. All these horrible people are in this one location. He has to come in, solve the mystery, squash the bad guys, and move on. I mean, that's nothing new to it. It's just that it's done in a way, and he's a character that... And it's not that it's Tom Cruise. I even kind of lost Tom Cruise a couple of times, which is very rare. Because Tom Cruise, to me, is a hard one to let your mind go that you're watching. Not that there's anything special about the acting or anything, but I was kind of convinced a couple of times he's that guy. Like he's gonna pack up, move the leave movie, leave the movie set, and go on to another town and solve somebody else's crime or something. Now I was pleasantly surprised by it, and I did enjoy it a yeah, lot because I, I like that kind of. Um, what would you call it? Is it an action movie? Is it a, is it a mystery? It's a bit of all that, isn't like it? a drama thriller action. Yeah, but it's got a bit more like plot to follow rather than just straight up action. Like a, it's not like Die what's Hard. the book genre? That's what it is. Whatever the book genre uh, thriller, is, thriller they call it. Right, that's what it is then. So I liked it because it had something more to think about than a straight up action movie, and it isn't an action movie by any means. There are some action scenes, but there's less action than there is, you know, solving the case almost. Almost like a TV show where they solve a case. It could be a it's TV very, show. very, very yeah. straightforward. Yeah. And it's handed to you. There's nothing for you to figure out. There's nothing for you to contemplate. Because by the time the characters figure it out, they're telling you what's going well, on. Well, actually, yeah, interestingly, from the outset, you know what happened. <laughs> yes, there's a couple of twists and turns. But because you see the event, 
at the beginning. And Jack Reacher knows. They know what happened. They That opening sequence that you talked about, where the, nobody speaks, it goes from the guy sniping the people to the police investigating it, piecing all the clues together and finding exactly what happened. But then there's some twists and turns along the way. But because you're privy to that entire thing at the beginning, I think that makes it more interesting because, you know, you see it as a straight-up thing. This is what happened. Obviously, it happens slightly different to what you see. But I, that's that was the fun in it for me. Like, I, I was actually surprised by the plot a couple of times. Did, was you, did you have it pegged all the time? Not pegged, but I have to say also... Because I had, like, three obvious scenarios it was going to be, because it's a very formulaic thing, I wasn't concerned which one, and it was one of them. So, but it isn't, I I don't seek it out, it's just like, oh, right, we're going to go from A to B to C here, and then, or maybe D, or maybe E, or maybe F, and it was just one of those, and it was not a surprise to me. Um, For some reason, I I kept thinking of Deja Vu, the movie with Denzel Washington. But that was so bad. Yeah, but you know how that opens, and you see the event. And you're like, whoa, we're in for a ride And then you're in like, oh, I think I might know what's happening, and then the... (laughs) (laughs) In a bad way, it makes you go, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, well, that has like the same kind of setup. The beginning five minutes is like, oh, wow, yeah, oh, shit. And then they... it goes science fiction. It, All of a sudden you go, what? Yeah, you go, okay, you've lost me now. I'm like done. Like Dust Till Dawn, but Dust Till Dawn does it in a fantastic way. Yeah. We, but, you're plodding along and you're thinking it's one thing and then boom. This movie doesn't have that kind of surprise. Right, so I was hoping that this wasn't like starting off like that and then it goes into some weird... I was like, oh, oh, oh no, is this some weird thing? Like Eagle Eye or whatever, is it that? Oh, Eagle Eye too, right? And then I was like, oh, f- <laughs> thank you. It's just a normal thing. It's just people if, with no superpowers, no yeah, right. science fiction mixed in. It's Even though he weird. came across like a superhero. You know what? There was times where I was like, Jack Reach is kind of like a superhero. He, he seems untouchable. Like, like, And there's a moment with the lady towards the end where she's looking at him as though like, like he's Superman. Like, <laughs> one farcical scene, which I just felt was really low quality. Can you guess what it was? Farcical. Farcical, um, slapsticky. You mean fighting? Yes. In the, I understood it, though. I, and I bet it's a good it's page turner. Yeah, but it looked really shitty is what I mean. It wasn't done well. It was almost like, let's do some practices on how we're going to do this and miss his head and do that. And like The bad guy is being fumbling idiot. And he's do you know not what it felt it. like? But it looked bad. It felt like, not the way it looked, but the actual content of that scene. It reminded me of a Michael Bay um, scene. Right, but cut and... Sh- uh, I mean, the actual, like... Acted in a way like, where it was like, let's get two guys who do not know how to do stunts very well and just let them do it. Yeah, like and a crowd pleaser kind of section. When he did like that, and then he totally... I mean, it was just like, what? I, I like mean, the concept of it. Totally, because it's like, oh, right, because not everybody comes into a scene. These are just average guys, and all of a sudden, in movies, all of a sudden, everybody knows how to fight. It's like you fucked with the wrong guy kind of scene. Like, oh, okay. Well, no, before that even, they were just bumbling and, like, punching each that's, other with their elbows. That's and I was why like, I said they the felt like, um, it felt like a Michael, like, like the... Like a comedy yeah, but it was fight, so out of character for the whole movie. There was not a lick of comedy in this whole movie, and then that came up, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, you're right. It it, it was played not played for laughs, but it was played kind of slapsticky. 
Yeah. I could imagine crowds cheering at the outcome. Um, and I understand the scene, and I'm sure that scene's better in, in the on the page. Oh, I think it would just I think it's probably like more to... gritty on the page, you know? I think it would just say a couple of bumbling lackeys or something. I don't even know if it would go into detail. But yeah, I I liked the the stunts and stuff though. The, the car chase was really good. Really good. It, it felt like a real car chase, and I I would have to compare it to Ronin, which is one of my favorite car chases of all time. Born has good ones. Yeah, the the Ronin one really I, I love that one because it's it seems very real. It doesn't seem ever hokey. It's just normal cars. They're not particularly, and they're through a really busy city. This one was like that, and there was some of the moves he was doing in the car, which were he did this like um, kind of drift around this U-turn, and the car was almost like I was like, "Whoa, how did he even doing that?" Like it's not Tom Cruise driving, surely, um, because it was he did this drift around this U-turn really, really slow because he just stopped, and the car was almost like it was like on on a casters going around in a circle. It was amazing, but yeah, I love the uh, car chase. I don't love car chases, and it was a little long for me, but individual little snapshots here and there were really interesting. I thought it was a good one as far as car chases go, because it felt like a car chase. It had a good resolution to me. Yeah, it had a good resolution, and it had a good... <laughs> really good. And, you know, from the from the beginning, with the cops, and, like, it was, it was really fast, and then it turned into this, like, kind of slow car chase near the end, which was... Because it's not a car chase, it was more like a cat and mouse game. Right. Um, what else was the uh, in terms of action scenes here? There was fight the, scenes. That fight scene, and there was some shooting. Not which that actually, fight scene. There's more than one. The shooting I actually felt was quite good. Um, mm. You know, and you don't like shooting scenes, and I thought that that last shooting scene was I actually don't quite dislike them. It's just that it's like dudes are making movies for dudes, and they just want to hear ping, 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 and like ducking and shooting and ducking and shooting and hitting the wrong place and ducking and shooting and ducking and shooting. If I said that for five minutes, it would drive you crazy. That's yeah, what they're like. It's much more visual. Like it's a no, it isn't. It's a guy who goes up, he shoots, he ducks down, and you hear a bullet come, and then he rises up and he shoots and he ducks down. I actually thought it was quite good in the quarry. There, there was like <laughs> I'm actually acting it out. That's why I'm pricing. I loved when he um. Was reversing the car. Yeah, that was as good. well. You know, it's quite, it's quite an interesting setup they had there in that quarry. I mean, yes, it's it's a Hollywood kind of tropey thing where oh, here's your finale place. As soon as I saw that quarry, yeah. I was like, okay, there's going to be a fight. Here's our here. stage. Yeah, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a shootout. And let's there just put both. it out there. In recent years, whenever we hear anything that is involving like Western Europe. Russia or Slavic countries or any of those areas, then in terms of bad guys on our side of the world, it's always some construction story. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's like those women were at that construction site in whichever one I forget, you know, kept held captive in this weird, horrible place. and Even Ghost Rider. Exactly. Oh, yes. That was one of the main ones I was thinking <laughs> of. Was that Russian bad guy? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. If you bring a Russian bad guy. And they were guy, in a quarry. When was he turned... it a Russian bad guy? Yeah. I yeah, remember. it was, and they turned up in a. It was, they were, and it turned in a, in a quarry. There was that big scene yep. in the quarry with it, where he was like. It was another bad one. Yeah, but it's, it is always <laughs> Ghost a quarry. Two. Yeah, but this isn't a bad movie, Jack no, Reacher. No, 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 we're no. not comparing it to Ghost Rider. Um, I actually enjoyed it. I, I am actually excited. I'll compare it to Ghost Rider Two, and I'll say it was like Better. Ghost Rider Two is about <laughs> this big down here on the scale, and this one is about like up here on the scale. So I would. Um, I'm excited to read the books now. Because 
I feel like there's a lot you can do with this character. He's, a, he's almost like a James Bond or a Bond character to me. Therefore, there's not a lot you can do with him at all. He comes. Well, in. there's a lot of situations. Situations, but that's it. And because this one was wrote, interestingly, I thought, I, I thought it was an actually an interesting plot, because it it's not straightforward. Um, completely no. No, and what it seems might not be what it is, and. It's flip-flops a bit, bit back and forward during the middle scene. And, you know, I it's better than most action movies. Absolutely. Where I, There's a lot of action movies where you would say, there's some bad guys introduced, here's the good guy, car chase, shoot, 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 fight, fight, fight. Now, that's what this actually is. But yes. <laughs> this is that, if you but boil it down. But in a package. But the package part... <laughs> Where there's an actual, like a, like a, almost like something like CSI, where they're piecing together all the clues to try and figure something out. That's the second television reference you made. Yeah, that's why I think this feels, I think this would work as a TV show, to be honest. Like, you know, we were talking about the Hulk, where he moves on to one, to one, to one. It would work perfectly at a Jack Reacher TV show. There Um, has been one, actually. I saw it on IMDb. I didn't read into it, but I saw Jack Archer, Jack Archer, Jack Reacher television series. Well... I can see why, because very individual things he could be doing, and he could every week he can move on, like Doctor Who, move on to the next thing, you know? I'm going to say, I'm about to say, well, this is never interesting, and this coming from a person who's in her, what, fourth different series of Star Trek, and that's pretty much all Star Trek is, they fly a little bit further in space, move and they on. encounter something, and they move on, and then they encounter, I mean, a couple of them have a big arch, arc, storying thing going on, but... I guess if I apply it to this, but I like Bond movies, and so I know every time the world's going to be threatened, he's going to have a chance. Yeah, but it's always in a different way, yeah. and there's always a different visual, and it is, to me, if you like the character, then you you accept everything that they do, don't you? It's, it's, a, very, cool. it's a very singular bit of entertainment, then. There's nothing else to give you from it except that experience. And that's what this is. It's, it's a fun two hours. It's two hours and ten minutes. It's quite a lengthy film, but it's... I guess it would be similar to the Mission Impossible type stories, because those are singular as well. There's no, yeah, they, you don't there's need... no like leading you to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. There's maybe a little thread because he's the same and that kind of thing. But you don't have to rely on the next one to help you fill And in. then you get a couple of hours of fun and entertainment, yeah. right? You get Mission Impossible is very similar, actually, but you know, obviously more over the top. It's not a puzzle-solving thing. It's all about just bringing the bad guy down. You right. don't have to realize something special is going on. It just is right out there. This guy's horrible. we got to bring him down. Yeah, and, and the fun of Mission Impossible is we're going to use gadgets and interesting scenarios to get to that. Right? That's that's what's interesting. Um, but yeah, this I can see why Tom Cruise would go for something like this because you if this was successful, you could definitely make more of them. It's like a... But why? Why Why not just think of it as a one-time thing? Well, I, a, I would like to... Personally, I'd like to explore that character more with Tom Cruise doing it, actually. Like, like I would almost... Like he said in the books, there's been prequels where it was when he was in the military. I would like to see that. He said they don't count, though. He said that... Well, they do count as books because they're, right, right. they're in there. But I would actually like to see what he was like in the military because... I imagine he was some kind of... He'd be the same. Hard-ass kind of... So there's not much exploring to do. You're just going to see more of him. Right, more of him and more... Military is 
diff- like he said to that guy in the movie. What's the you know difference between being a, a beat cop and a, a military cop? And he said, as a military cop, all of the people you're investigating are trained killers. That that kind of stood out with me. I was like, I think it would only be interesting because I don't I don't want to see the same exact thing every time. He's Mister Proficient at everything, and he's going to bring back down the bad guy. Maybe get his teeth kicked in every once in a while. But if you show me him before, maybe you know younger and before, and if you see him evolve into the thing, then you know, like an origin story of sorts. Which again, you're going back to something that's. But I don't want to see just the same guy who's good at everything. That's why I like the James Bond where in the beginning he's like down and out. He's Dying been abandoned. Yeah, he's been abandoned. He has nothing. He's got no resources. And you have to see him kind of bounce back. You know he's gonna. But still, I kind of like that. You know. Yeah. And this is like, you know, what I kind of, I guess what I liked about this one was we've, we, you know, me and you, we're not familiar with Jack at. Jack Archer. Jack Archer. <laughs> it's wearing off on me. Jack, we're not familiar with him because we haven't read the books. So this is all we have to base our thing on. And it's all I'll ever have. And I do... Well, no, because maybe there's a second one, right? But What I mean is I'll never read the books. Right. I, and I definitely will. I'm definitely going to read the first one, at least, to see if I like his style. Sometimes I don't like the writer's style and I just can't do it. Um, but what I like here is that you feel like you've come in... In the middle of somebody's thing, there's a lot of history to him. There's a lot further to go on with him. You're right in the middle of something. Do you I, feel that way? I, I liked that. Oh, yeah. That there's that you, you feel like there's a lot more to come, and there was a lot gone by that we don't know about. Because they don't fill you in in whatever he did before. Nothing. Well, just the one just thing. That, just that he's been in the military and he was police, military police, and anything else? Was there any, like, let out? Oh, remember when he did that? No. Yeah, nothing. that one whole thing about the guy. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. been seven years investigating him. Yeah, just, you know that. Yeah, but really, that's probably a crucial thing in the books, right? But, you know, they didn't explore him. What you see in this movie is enough to get a picture of him, you know, without going really like far. a snapshot. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Um, so the cast of this movie, Tom Cruise, plays Jack Reacher. And the thing what I was reading everywhere was Jack Reacher's quite a tall guy in this uh, books. He's, he's described as this big, tall... Well, they showed the text from the book. It said six foot five and broad shoulders. Which is tall. <laughs> and broad shoulders. And obviously Tom Cruise is not that. I don't think that mattered in the slightest. I imagine if you've got a picture of him... We wouldn't know him, any different. Well, I imagine if you've got a picture of him from the books, it could throw you because you've always pictured this... Big guy, right? Not me. No, I'm saying if you read the books, you will have always pictured this six foot five guy. That's the picture in your head of this guy. This, however heavy they say he is, you know, two hundred and fifty pounds. Maybe he's this big guy, right? Tom Cruise obviously is not that. I can imagine fans. It might have thrown them a little bit, but I think he does a good job in it. I, I in fact, I think Tom Cruise does a good job in everything. <laughs> yes. He seems to throw himself into it completely. You see, and then when I see interviews with him and stuff, he's like really into like the business of movies. He's into. He seems to be really into movie making, movie production, making money out of movie. The whole, he's into it. I get that from him. Um, what did they do to this movie? There's something special. They had two crews because they wanted to film twenty four seven basically twenty four seven. So have two different. Units. Units, so it can be filming 24 hours a day. 
and then Tom Cruise has to come in, you know. At any time. Right, because he was saying he's trying to maximize the... Like, the schedule's only going to be this many days. So yeah. if we can to make it look for 48 hours straight and get a crew in here for these 12 hours and then change shifts and change shifts, fine. But I will be available to you at any time, so right. they say. And people say, oh, he worked for 30 hours. He didn't work for 30 hours, right? He would have stopped and gone and sat down and done some stuff and waited for sets to be set up. Yeah, well, he might have been on the set for But he's available, hours. yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I see that from him. He likes to do his own stunts. We know that. Um, and he... You never look and go, that's a cruise friend. We call it the friend. Oh, yeah, he doesn't see. like that, does he? He, he, <laughs> no. he, he? In fact, he said he's seen that in movies and he just can't stand it. So if if you see somebody climbing up something, it's going to be him. Like, he might have a wire on and stuff, but it's still going to be him and you're not going to see the wire. Uh. And there has to be a cruise double somewhere because he can't do everything. Oh, but then he to. did the thing off that but, building, which is insane. So that's like the the most. Uh, the other thing I think of is maybe shots they don't get, and so they need a shot, and he's not there or something like that. That's why I say he's committed, isn't he, to making the movie look the part always. Um, Rosamund Pike. He also seems to have this attitude of, and I've heard him mention it before, and they mentioned a little bit here that, you know, I'm, I want to earn. What you give me. You're going to pay $12 to see my movie. You're going to buy it for $30, $20 on DVD. You are committed to my... What I'm offering, you're giving me something back. And I just need to work for the money. He like, said that on Mission Impossible. Yeah, I, I want to make it in the... What's his face? Born has a similar thing. Am I making the best use of the time of my life to give people something that's worth it? And he does the same kind of thing. He's very, like... Seems to be. I don't know. Don't know them personally, but... That's kind of his philosophy is. Now, Rosamund Pike plays Helen. She's the female. I really, you know what I really enjoyed about her? The fact that they don't do the typical thing with her. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything about that. But kind of, it's, uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I just like her anyway. I could watch her. She was from? Don't remember. I'll tell you without you looking it up. She was from. And we watched it recently. Um, what, why are you covering it? Because you don't want to know. Oh, I'm not going to guess. I can't guess it. And, you know. Die Another Day. The movie you like. That was it. I think she's really good. Um, she's English, obviously. But in the movie, you wouldn't guess it. No, not at all. She's pretty good at not being English. Um, the movie is exciting that we're looking up stuff. Exciting. You're not looking up anything. You I can am. keep I'm going. I'm looking it up. Surrogates. That's the one I'm thinking of with Bruce Willis. Yes, that's the one yeah. that's in my mind. Yeah. So um, she's really good in this. I think she might have some of the best stuff. They were trying a little bit too hard, though, with the, um, like, kind of, what do you call it, sexual tension between them. Couple of times, yeah. Yeah, it's a couple of times. He was a bit too close for her for the conversation that was happening. I was like, "Back off! It's creepy." You're like right up in her face, like. Yep. And he's like just telling her something about the case, but he's right in her face, and I was like, "No, it's creepy." And and that's not the vibe. Yet, yeah. yeah, there was a bit. There was that. That was a little bit weird, but that's not her fault. <laughs> um, I really liked the scenes where she was playing with a, talking to a father. Yeah. They're one of my favorite scenes. Um, She's my favorite thing in the movie. And her father's played by Richard Jenkins, who we last saw in Cabin in the Woods. And we always like him. He's yeah. that guy. 
So we're learning, learning. In fact, when I went to IMDb today to look, I was get this movie up. His name was highlighted. So the last time I was on IMDb, right, yeah, I was looking him up. for him. Um, he's. I would say he gets typecast into roles. Obviously, he's always in a very similar role. It's Except very Cabin in the Woods. He had the funny take. Yeah, he on had it. fun with it, but it was still like his character, but with like an edge to it. The company man, right, is always the thing. And this one, he's the district attorney. Very conservative. Very, you know. But he plays it perfectly. I, I buy him every time. Like, And I feel like, oh, yeah, I've seen this guy before. I've seen this guy before. But I'd never think, oh, he's, he's terrible. I don't like him. No, no, I like him. And I think the scene between him and his daughter, that particular scene which I was, where he's talking to her when she's getting in the car, is really good. It was one and there's of my... like four of those. There's in the street. There's in the They're the scenes that stand out the, between them two to me. Um, then we've got Mr. Robert Duval who I always think is awesome. Um, Falling Down, one of my favourites. Um, he's fantastic. He's fantastic in this too. I, I just... I think he's great. Like, And again, he plays a lot of similar characters. Mm-hmm. But this character I really liked. I don't even think he's playing anything. Mm-hmm. I think that he's playing... He's playing. He's pretending. He seems so natural to me, though. He, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not... It's not a stretch for him to say the lines and give it a bit of a oomph and a thing and follow all the instructions. Even in the Godfather, you know, he's very he's very similar, isn't he? He's, he's a straight he's, man. There's yeah. no getting around it. He's not been a Fokker, has he? <laughs> or no. any similar? No. Man, he might have been in a comedy. But, but he's he's always like. I forgot about he's in the Godfather. <laughs> he's amazing in the Godfather. I can't help but I just forget that that movie has a lot of famous people in it. It really does. Um... What else was he in? The Deer Hunter, wasn't he? Don't know. I mean, he's been in many films, but he's and he is very similar. A Tender lot Mercies. Yeah, I I I just really like him. And in this movie, I really liked. He got to kind of play at the end there, didn't he? You know, it was pretty. I actually was pretty badass towards the end, to be honest. The rednecky gun-toting. Yeah. Guy who got. At first he was a bit, nah, mm-hmm. and then he then he just got this guy. Like he got you know Jack Reacher, and then. Do you mean Jack Archer? No. <laughs> so um, uh, Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog is the uh, plays the sec, um, the bad guy, um, and he's. I was intimidated from immediately. The, yeah. Even in the dark, when he's a silhouette. Yeah, but then when he told his little story. Ugh. Which wasn't such a little story, it was terrible. But it was like two lines of dialogue, and you're <laughs> and like, you're holy like, shit! Oh yeah, I get this entire guy's past. Yeah, and you imagine it. Yeah. I imagine him. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh my god. <laughs> and yeah, it's twisted, it's like a Bond villain, it's like this twisted... But he has a good reason now to be yeah. maniacal and fucked up, there's your F word, and... Even though it doesn't justify what he's doing, ultimately, you still go, oh, right, that explains it. Because there are some things in this life that none of us will ever have to cope with. What he has coped with and basically done to himself is like, that's going to mess with your mind. And lastly, I put down David Oyelio, Oyelio, I don't know how you say it, but he plays Emerson. And I did not like him. And honestly, he feel like a TV actor. And I don't know what a t- TV actor actually is. But is he felt like insult? he... Yeah, he felt like he stepped out of... It, it's kind of. It, it didn't. He felt out of place to me. And you know who he is, right? The cop. Yeah. 
He just fell out of but place. But why is TV acting an insult? Because you love Breaking Bad. I, that's what I was saying to you. I don't know what I mean exactly. I, and I think I mean... I don't mean Breaking Bad, and I don't mean Mad Men, and I don't mean those type of cable shows. I mean those, like, very vanilla-y... CSI. Yes. CSI, Bones, those functional. kind of things. Where it's Yeah, where it's functional. Like, that's who he... F- there's nothing deep about his behavior. There's nothing interesting. There's no quirks going on. There's no... There's nothing beyond the big gestures and the role he's playing. You know what I mean? Like, where you watch... Duval and he has lots of. He felt meat. a bit out of place at times, where I was like, you know, everybody's doing a really. I'm not saying he's doing a bad job. I'm just saying he doesn't. The casting doesn't seem right for him. Like I understand what they were doing with him because. Because of what happens later. They yeah. were trying to, like, do something with him, but. You're saying he didn't do a good job. Yeah. I I, I the scenes with him in felt really. Even when he, he was, he did one scene with Tom Cruise. That scene I mentioned earlier, where mm-hmm. he, he asked about him being a military cop, and it just felt really like other scenes felt better. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's I don't like that guy. I've never seen him before, actually, so I've no preconceived <laughs> ideas to, on him. I, it's like first time I'd ever seen him. Maybe he is in one of those TV shows. Maybe that's where he got his training. Maybe that's what he was bringing to this part. But um, he was my least favorite thing. If I had to have a least favorite thing in the movie. This is directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who's only directed one other film, and it's a really good film, actually, that I recommend you see, Way of the Gun, which was Ryan Filippi and um, Benicio Del Toro. It's a really good film. It was, it was like, good. It's very Tarantino-y, early Tarantino-y, like Reservoir Dogs. It's like really super violent. Maybe Natural Born Killers a little bit. Um, but... It, yeah, it's really super violent. I can't... It's full of blood and guts. But it's this interesting kind of caper. The Mexican it's similar to, mm-hmm. actually. that I don't There was a, a spat of those type of movies at one point in time, wasn't there? And this was quite a while ago, The Way of the Gun. It's probably ten years ago. And this is his next movie. Um... Now, so what is the, they talk like they've worked together for years and years and years. Yeah, he'd done production and stuff, but he'd not directed. Okay. So this movie, um, this the direction of this movie, I didn't think it was anything special, to be honest. Nope. It was very... Say it. TV action movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can just see it floating behind your eyes. Like, it's a very straightforward... I mean, aside from, like, the car chase and stuff, which were obviously better than what you'd see in a TV show. Yeah, but that's just evolution of of car chases and the ability to put cameras in places and things like that. There's nothing special about it. But it's a very... Here, set the camera down. It's not much of a style, is what I'm getting at. This is what you get. Yeah, it's just, like, real life. Like, his... There are a couple of places and, and like locations that make it really interesting to look at when you're on this side of the bridge and you're looking at the park yeah, when you're on so the too. construction site like that. But that doesn't make you feel like it's it's not like all to get like a train spotting where like you're just looking forward to the next really amazing frame of No, it's movie. pretty ordinary, like an episode of a TV show. And that's why I was getting at it. It's like, you know, there's no style in like when he shows you across the river and shows you the buildings where the sniping took place. It's just that somebody found a really nice place to put the camera. Yeah. I don't know if we should keep using TV as an insult, though. Because it's not fair, is it? Because television has come a long way. It's not an insult, because TV is pretty good nowadays. I feel like television is very economical. 
we don't have many choices. We don't have any time. We have to do this. We have, look, we've got one hour. Get get the camera out there. Get a shot of the bridge and let's go. It's money as well. It's like, we we can't spend two days making this look exactly how we want it. We'll do it as it is. Like. They even said that. Yeah. We wanted this movie to look like a $120 million movie, and it is not. Right. I mean, it doesn't cost that much, so that might be the source of it. Not that it's a television-driven thing, but... Right. But, yeah. I just feel like that's kind of insulting, isn't it? It's like poo-pooing on TV when we watch television. There's nothing... We're not being snobby. Like, I mean, we're, I mean look at Game of Thrones. Show. It's a television show, right? Exactly. It looks better than... Peter Jackson does with his movies. So when you say it looks like a TV show and it's an insult, that doesn't make any sense anymore. I mean, television. Well, uh, television has really risen in quality. I think you could just say specific shows. I can definitely see the CSI, NCSCI, SUVR, SVR, <laughs> whatever SUV. they are. <laughs> yeah, those shows are very similar in the style and the vibe. They're very brightly the- lit. They look very. I don't yeah. know. It's very. It's hard to place it, what it looks like. A helicopter shot is a helicopter shot, and a crane shot is a crane shot. There's nothing special going on because... You have a certain amount of money, they're going to do it, right? And it's not functional in these stories. There's nothing interesting camera work or directing in a movie like this will give you nothing. I mean, it will do nothing for you, for the story, other than maybe flash over substance. Actually, I think Dexter suffers from that. Um, I know it's a... TV syndrome? Yeah, it's it's often like (laughs) too well lit and um, very sterile looking. It's in Miami. I know it is, but but it looks very like... It it looks like a set a lot of the time. The the police station especially. It never... It reminds you that it's a set. I don't feel the grime and the grunge of real life in those places. I get you. In Dexter. And that's one of the things that always came across in Dexter. Like, oh, this isn't kind of like real life because it feels like they're in a studio like it feels soap opera-ish we watch a soap opera a British soap opera it's not what you Americans would think of a soap opera but we watch one it's called EastEnders it looks like a real place to me like it I lived in England it looks like England um, it doesn't look like a studio Dexter looks like Miami it does, but I mean totally. But that, they that station, it's so clean. It's perfect. It's uh, if that's how Miami is, nobody clean. Everybody cleans all the time. His well, apartment, <laughs> all those, you know, everything's perfect. He's an anal retentive serial killer I know, yeah, who's but obsessed he, but he doesn't with own the police station. No, what I'm saying is, apartment of course is going to be right, perfect. Right. But I'm talking about all of the places. You know, there's but nothing. We've seen houses and peoples and places. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I think that suffers from a bit of that. You know. Not a lot of care's gone into the detail. Game of Thrones, it's all about the detail. It doesn't look like a, a TV show in any way. It's like a little movie every single week. To me. Better than a movie. I said to you the other, the other week, The Hobbit that we watched recently, there was an episode of Game of Thrones which was visually better, CG was better, acting was way better. Which is... Even the dragons are awesome. If you watch, yeah, them, like, and the acting, like the acting is just higher quality than a, a motion picture. It's like, whoa, what, what happened here? Like where the line is blurred completely. Like it's exactly that's my point. So if you do say, well, it's like a TV show, then you have to go, oh, but not HBO and not Mad Men and not. So you have to, we have to find a new way to define that plastic soap opera look. 
But Maybe. not all soap operas look like that. No. You just said. And we might have some in America that look more... I don't know. I've not seen them all recently, but... Any that I've seen, American soap operas look very... Polished. Yeah, and like... Yeah, too perfect. It's way too perfect. Everybody's hair's perfect. It's perfect. You know, nothing's out of place. But there are people who will be listening and go, Well, I have to look at grubby, imperfect, fat, disgusting, ugly people all the time. When I turn on the TV, I want to see skinny, hot people with perfect hair. Right, so then you wouldn't like EastEnders. Because it's just like... (laughs) Yes, there are some pretty people and stuff, but most of them are just average-looking people. Like Phil Mitchell. He's no heartthrob, is he? You know what I mean? It's like, he's just a dude. Like He looks like a dude that you see on the street. Right? Yeah. He doesn't look like... Handsome Brad people aren't on the street. Brad Pitt doesn't walk down the street. <laughs> he does, but I'm saying if you watch something in, um, well, let's say a soap opera in America, the the dudes are going to be extra handsome because that's how they choose them, right? Yeah, could have extra handsome dudes with abs so they can not have the shirt on. Et Brad Pitt used to be on a soap opera. Did he? Yep. Which one? Uh, General Hospital. Oh yeah, and um, James Franco is still on General Hospital. Correct. He just like drops Correct. in and does it for a while because he likes it, which is. Rick Springfield was on General Hospital. So that's our soap Little trivia. <laughs> soap for the week. Soap trivia for the week. So um, Blu-ray extras on Jack Reacher. There are not a lot. There are a few. Um, I wonder if when James Franco came to the show General Hospital, if they sort of if it got better. You know, does he contribute to the quality of it? I wonder. You mean the story, even if, the way? I mean, people even act. if he thinks, oh, these people are kind of not that good. He doesn't seem to think that, though. No, I've, I've seen him talk about yeah. it. Yeah, he, he he likes being on it because he enjoyed being on it at the beginning, and now he just comes back and is on it every so often. Um, so the Blu-ray extras here on Jack Reacher are. When the Man Comes Around, which was actually quite good. It was like 25 minutes. Um, Tom Cruise talks a lot in it, actually. It's one of those yeah. things. It's not It's not like a um, shitty, like, here's clips from the movie and then we'll just, like, bombard you with talking heads. It's actually on the set stuff, the whole thing. It was and, a good one. And Tom Cruise talks a lot, which is another thing I have to give Tom Cruise credit for because we've seen a lot of his... You know, movies on Blu-ray, and he does participate in the. Part extras. of it's because, in the absence of someone else being the producer, who we would be listening to, he's the producer. Yeah, and actually, the first words you see on the screen in this movie are a Tom Cruise production, which is like it's it's literally produced by him, not Kathleen Kennedy or any. It's hit just him, like it's. Well, I'm sure he has a team of people. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's yeah. up front and center that he is responsible here. Um, so yeah, you get that when the man comes around. It's just like an introduction to who Jack Reacher is. And then you get you do not mess with Jack Reacher, combat and weapons, showing you the combat and weapons in the movie. You know. The Reacher phenomenon, which was actually really good because that was actually the guy who writes the book talking about the books. It was really good that because it actually was his insight from the whole series of books. Yeah. And he even showed you him at a book signing. And I got the picture with that guy who writes this, this, um, these stories that he is really into it. Like Into what? the movies getting made, you mean? Well, yeah, because he actually appears in the movie. Um, he, he's just a police sergeant guy in the movie. But um, he's... Did you get the picture of... 
he was interested. Like, at first I thought, oh, he just wrote this book to try and make a series of books. Because he did come across like that at the yep. beginning. He said it twice. But then as he talked a bit more, I was like... No, that was his hope, creating that guy in his world, was that he would have a long-running series of books. There has to be books. something interesting, like he said. That would last many years. Yeah. But I got the feeling that he was a, really into writing the books. You know, when Sterling. he was talking about his enthusiasm of the book, about the books, he said that yes, when he writes a book, then you throw that book to one side, you don't revisit it, you don't, and then the enthusiasm is writing the next one, because right. that could be the best one. And that's anti-everything people tell you when, you're, when you claim you want to be a writer, when you're, from the time you're a little kid, junior high, high school, college. Uh, your first draft is never good enough. Never. Your rewriting is where your writing comes from. And he's saying the opposite. I write it. I'm done with it. Yeah, that's it. it. And if I and his explanation of like in that moment of time, I'm writing a real thing that's happening in my mind. It's all real. So if I go back and change it, like you said, that's not how it happened. Right. To me, these were the sequence of events. And that's it's, why I I was suddenly going. Oh yeah, I want to read your book. Like that. That was the thing that sparked me. Right? Yeah. So, to me, that happened. That it. That's what happened. Like I was writing it, and that that's what happened. And if somebody says, "Why didn't he do this?" Well, because he didn't do that. Exactly. He did this. Uh, that was that was what sold me on reading his books. And then when it was showing you him signing the books. But yeah, it's, if you're really into that guy, and it shows you his cameo in the movie, and it explains the name of the character and his day on the set. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of photographs and stuff. And just to revisit an earlier portion of the show, Sterling Mallory. Sterling, Sterling Mallory Archer is his name, and I could not think of it. And that's from a cartoon it. show on. Oh, they know. What's it on? I don't FX. Know. I don't remember. Yeah, FX. So, um, yeah, so it's a pretty decent Blu ray. There's some decent extras. There's actually a commentary as well by Tom Cruise. And. There's actually two commentaries. There's a commentary by Tom Cruise and the director, and then there's a commentary by Tom Cruise. So he... So, and that's pretty good. So I'll be listening to those this week, because I always like to listen to Tom Cruise talk. Um, it probably does too. On Mission Impossible, the, they're really funny. I, I was surprised. I've never seen Tom Cruise as, like, funny. But he's really funny on those. People keep dropping into the studio on the Mission Impossible one while he's doing the thing, interrupting and stuff. And different people turn up and then leave, and turn up and then leave, maybe talk on it for a while. You think that wasn't planned? Uh, it wasn't planned, because you can tell from the way it is. It's like, um, oh, such and such is here, because they're in the movie studio or whatever, and he speaks to them. I can't remember, and there's some like famous people turn up. But he he's mainly talking about it, and then he gets interrupted, and it's this weird commentary where doesn't feel like some commentaries are very dry and like two people like this podcast sat there talking blah 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 and they're going and um you can see here we're driving down the road um yeah there's some uh, of that when he turns here you'll see there on the right that that house so he had to get clearance from the guy who lives there yeah Um, and that's pretty boring this one's at least you know it's tom cruise doing the commentary he actually injects himself into it so um yeah i enjoyed this movie i'd recommend it it's um it's like a rental movie for me, though, hmm. if you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. I think you'll see it, and, and you'll have a good couple of hours, and then you'll move on. Which is the whole concept behind the, I think that is the character in the books and the story itself. So there's lots of ways to see it right now. 
streaming, Blu-ray, the whole lot. Um, I do you do you recommend? I I recommend. Oh no, I'm yawning, but I'm not yawning because you're boring me. I'm just yawning. I didn't sleep very well, so I'm kind of dragging there. I don't know why. I went to sleep early. If anyone cares, nobody cares. You weren't in bed for a long time. I don't think. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I better get up. I have to go to work. And I sat up and I was like, what time is it? Oh, it's four fifteen. <laughs> That's not time to do anything. And I don't have to go to work. And why am I waking up? So I'm a little foggy. I'll perk up later with my fourth cup of tea. I recommend it as a in combination. If you want to do a cruise night, I would say get, you know. War of the Worlds. Not bad, actually. Just yeah, it's, no, it's not, not bad. It's but good. I mean, along these lines, get like the client and, you know, just do some of those. A few good men. Actually, if you fits want, alongside Mission yep, Impossible. If you want a also. whole big guts of, you know, this type of mystery, solve a thing, beat some guys up, interesting ish stories, I'd say go for it. So, um,. Thank you to Paramount for the Blu-ray. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Dark Skies. We're going to be watching that one next week. Another kind of interesting... We've seen the trailer for Dark Skies. You've seen the trailer. Did I? Yeah, we saw it. I don't know what we went to watch, but we saw the trailer for it. It looked kind of cool. <coughs> All right, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, so we're <laughs> going to see that next week. Um, thanks to Paramount for this Blu-ray. And there's some contests to enter on com. You can win some DVDs. Go there now. Uh, the new movie game. What is it? First of all, it's not new anymore. Second of all, it is a kind of a movie game. It's called Movie Year. I say the movie, you say the year. You say a movie, I say the year. We often get it wrong, so don't have don't get your hopes up. We're trying to stretch our minds. Now, I'm going to go first this time. Right. And you're, you won't be surprised, uh... And if you haven't noticed over the weeks of this game, my movies are in alphabetical order. So, <laughs> last week was a B, and this week is another B. The Breakfast Club. 1986. Is that your final answer? Yes. 1987. Did I fail to mention that we are almost always <laughs> one freaking year off? Last week we were not one year right. M- Mine actually relates to this movie in a, in a way. It's Days of Thunder. Oh, dear. 1989. 1990. Oh, my God. <laughs> you think we plan that, don't you? Everybody who listens thinks Holy we shit. plan it. Holy shit. We don't plan it. It's I was weird. so close to saying 90, but it's like, it wasn't quite a 90. Why is that? Why do we do that? It's weird. I don't know. It's a phenomenon, isn't it? It is. And it's never only a year behind her. It's only one well, why don't we learn? Why don't when we guess go, okay. Because I just did. I thought 1990, uh, 89. So I tried to correct my own right, self. So we both lose again. <laughs> Half a point for getting one year off, I think. So my movie recommendations for this week, based on this movie, number one, Collateral. One of my favourite Tom Cruise movies. It's Michael Mann movie. Really, really good. A way uh, more better way character. More be- way a way more, more better performance-driven kind of a movie. Yeah, it's a really cool movie and uh, really interesting. Because um, in movies like this one, you know, Tom Cruise has to do a lot of just intensity and being the... Being the intense guy. And in something like Collateral, he's, there's a lot of other stuff going it's on. kind of edgy, isn't he, in Collateral? He's edgy. And my other one is Michael Clayton, which, like this movie, it's like... It's like almost like a mystery unsolving, mm-hmm. unraveling around itself. So I just wanted something of that. And I think you could watch Jack Reacher and Michael Clayton together and 
This one's a lot more popcorn-y. Michael Clayton is a bit more serious. Watch Archer. Uh, Reacher. Reacher. First, no, first watch Archer. No, first watch Reacher, then watch Clayton, then watch Archer to kind of, you know, lighten the mood. Yeah, but yeah, Reacher's like a popcorn-y version of like a Michael Clayton. Because all this time we've failed to skip, we've skipped over the fact that Archer is a James Bond kind of a spy guy. So, there you go. And your recommendations are? Mine are on the other sheet. Hold on. Interesting to listen to. Mine are The Client, as I mentioned already, because I think you're going way back and you'll find, first of all, you'll find why Tom Cruise started becoming, I mean, it was if you think about it, it was just like cruise, 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 all through those late 80s and 90s. You know what I mean? Like, boom, boom. And it was good. It's a quality story. Also from a book. And the other one is also from a book. Oh my God. He's into making movies from books. Interview with a Vampire. A lot of movies from books. Which is a books. completely different kind of a story. And I don't know how many other car- caricature or um, like that kind of movies has he really done. Lots. No, like that? Well, like Interview with a Vampire. Yeah. Like what? You where mean horror? Like, not just, yeah, like, not just horror, but I mean something where he's like really done up in makeup and he's... Oh, uh, nothing. Right, well, Thunder, where he's like a big fat guy doing the dancey thing. Oh, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. But, yeah. He's been in two films with Thunder in the title. But he hasn't been in... Trivia. He hasn't done a lot of, you know, really outrageous kind of caricature, mm. caricature characters, and that's what... I loved interviewing with him. Just one of those movies. All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff. Because this is butting up against last week's, we literally only just did a podcast. I haven't played much. So... There was four days ago. There was an announcement this morning that Gran Turismo, which is one of my favorite racing games, number six, which is the 15th year anniversary edition of the game, is coming out at Christmas. And they've announced it on the PS3, which kind of surprises me because the PS4 is out at Christmas, but they said it's on the PS3, not on the PS4. I know there's more people with the PS3, but wouldn't it be better on the PS4 to sell the PS4? I don't know what they're doing with that. But it is coming out at Christmas. And um, the other game I have played a little bit of this week's release is Metro Last Light, which is a sequel to Metro 2033, which is a survival horror first-person shooter, which is made by some Russians. So it's very Russian. What does that mean? Um, it's, you know when you play a game, it's kind of weird. Games are not like movies. You can watch a movie and you you know it's a Russian movie, right? It's like made, it was made in Russia. It's not like an American movie. You know it's a foreign movie. You can tell, can't you? With video games, some games might be made elsewhere, but they disguise it to make it look like an American game. Even Japanese try and do it. They go hey, we're a Japanese game studio but we want our game to be like Gears of War because Americans like so they disguise the whole fact that it's a Japanese game. And you can't tell. And this game is distinctly Russian. You can tell it was made in Russia. You can tell... Is this a negative that you're saying? No, it's good. It's, it's good because it's, it's actually a high-quality game. Yes, there are some really shitty Russian games, i got to say. Russia make really shitty games and try and sell them as something that they're not. There's a lot of that from Russia. There's a lot of that from America. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah. but it's particularly bad from Russia. They well, we don't know that because we might not get all the good games. Um, Russia we, might we, get all the good games. We do get them if they're good. There's a lot of really janky games that come out of Russia that do end up here, and they're just shit. You, you can try them; they're really bad. This one's like a triple A Russian title, and there are not many of them. But this one's like a game that was made for America. I feel like you're alienating our huge Russian gamer contingency. There's not a huge... Well... Hmm? <laughs> um, so, you can tell it's from Russia. And I advise you when you play it to switch the voice acting from English to Russian and use subtitles instead. Because the whole game takes place in Russia. And the English voice acting is that where English people do a really phony Russian accent all the time. And it really bothers me. It's like, you know, when we saw... And here's a Tom Cruise movie, Valkyrie. Mm -hmm. Like, they did some German at the beginning, then everybody just did fake German accents with English. And it's weird. And it's just like, ugh. He didn't even do a German accent. No, I don't think he did, did he? Some people did, some people didn't. It was a hodgepodge. Well, this is like everybody doing that really crappy Russian accent that, you know what I mean, stereotype. Very stereotypical. It sounds really bad. So I switched it onto Russian and left the subtitles, and it pff, it's really good. It's like, oh, that's how it should Plus be. Plus, it's a different kind of experience, right? Because you feel like you're playing something from a different creative point of view, even instead yes, of because it's quite political. The game it's a survival horror game. It's a post-apocalyptic game, and it's based on a book. Funnily enough, of things based on books. And what happened in this book was there was a tragedy, a nuclear whatever. Everybody went underground, reason it was called Metro, and lived in the Metro stations because Russia was completely obliterated. And radiation had caused creatures to mutate and, you know, weird shit above ground. So everybody stayed in these Metro stations and used the trains to travel between them. And it was safe down there, relatively. Sometimes the creatures came down, everybody was armed up. So that's what this game is. You're one of the people in the Metro and occasionally there's missions to go and see what's happening up above. Now, what they do, which is very different from an American game, is, and it makes it really tense, is every bullet is currency. Because in this world, you know, there are makeshift bullets that people make in the metro station, like out of bits of wood and things that they cram into guns. That not necessarily might not kill anybody. You know, you might have a piece of wood that fires out of a gun and it does nothing. And then there are military bullets from before the war, and those military bullets have become this currency. So you can either, if you come across some military bullets and they're few and far between, and they will kill these creatures, or you can keep them and when you get to a shop, use them for money to buy other things. So it's like, it makes it really tense because when you do find some of these bullets, it's not like in other games, you find bullets all the time. Every single thing you do, there's always a bullet, is a bullet, is a bullet. In this game, you might have five bullets in your pocket for three hours of the game. And you might be outside and see ten creatures coming towards you. Now, in a normal game, you'd just shoot them all and you'd have a thousand bullets, right? In this game, you've got less bullets than there are creatures. So it becomes this... Do I shoot two and then run? You know, it feels tense. Like, What do so you do? It depends on the situation, but often run. Because you're kind of kamikaze. I often you're run. You're kind of like, I'm running in and shooting mm-hmm. everybody. But, it, but in this case, you can't do it. Because right. if you've got three bullets and there's ten dogs coming at you, you know. 
you've got to shoot a few maybe to get some edge and then run. So it, it makes it this really, it's like what Resident Evil used to do back in the day, make you scared of, oh, I've got to go down this corridor now. I've got one bullet and my torch. That's it. Like, I don't know what's down there. It makes you feel like that. So put your headphones on, put the Russian language on, and play it in the dark. It's that kind of game. You will jump out of your skin several times, and you will be scared of what's coming next because you're ill-equipped to handle anything. So that's Metro Last Light. It's the sequel to Metro 33, 2033. And Metro 2033, you can buy that for five bucks on Steam. So if you want to get into the series because you've never played it, try that one How first. How long is this game? It's like 15 hours. Nice. It's like a first-person shooter. I also want to mention it's on the PC as well as the consoles. But the PC version is probably the most gorgeous game I've ever seen on the PC. I mean, coming from this Russian... Ever? Yes. It Damn. is. It is... That's 35 years of, or 30 years of gaming, Doug. Yeah, I mean, there are parts of the, it's not, I'm not saying every single frame of the game looks gorgeous. There are areas in the game where you look at it and go, okay, we've reached some other level of graphics now. Because this does not look. That's a little bit different than saying it's the most gorgeous. I mean, most of it takes place in the subway. But the detail is really high. Like, as in, when you walk into a room, it's not just a table with something on it. It's a table with, like, 30 things on it and if you go and look at the table with the 30 things on it it tells a story it's like oh it's some lipstick and here's a guy's passport and here's and if you go if you look closely it's telling the story the guy who was here had his wife and there's a picture and and it's really lots of like a lot of games when you walk into a room and there's a table like Resident Evil there's a cup (laughs) and there's a bullet one thing you can or cannot pick up a bullet box to pick up and a cup and that's it. This is littered with stuff. So your you could standard stop. has been set very low. Yeah, I think so. But this is really good. I, I recommend it. And that's it for games this week. Uh, next week... Red- it is not. Because I have been playing Planet Social Zombies again. That is a big deal. Yes, you have so. So that's is it, it. Is it new? That's it. It's not new. The old Plants vs. Zombies. I have played it now. This is the fifth time. Completely. I've started it many, many times. And I think I've started. played it more times than you because I've played it on different platforms. I've played it on the Vita, the 360, the PS3. I just play it straight PC. up on the PC, man, over and over. Um, and I love it. I mean, I love it. I get into it like some of the... I talk to it. I'm like, oh, you buckethead fucker. And like, <laughs> like oh my God, because that guy with a little short little fucker and then it was like the F word comes out a lot I'm just telling you and I get like oh my god I got so close and then dun 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 zombies ate your brains comes up on the screen and then you're like I'll try it again with more sun and more this and more walnuts or more something or other and I just I get lost in it right now I want to just play it like I'm talking about it I'm like can we just move this along I want to play for another hour and the new one Plants vs. Zombies 2 comes out in July so you'll be a uh... but isn't it Today or tomorrow when the one on Facebook is supposed to be available? The Facebook one, I'm in the beta. I spoke about it last week. Um, yeah, it's the 15th. Today's the 15th. Today's the 15th. Yeah, so sometime today, I guess. Well, let's move this along, shall we? <laughs> um, <but laughs> Not yeah. that it'll be great, but I've watched you a little bit and it doesn't look too no, bad. No, it is pretty good. It, it's, 
it's better than I expected for a Facebook game, let me say. Um, and if you like Plants vs. Zombies, you could definitely find something to like in it. Yeah, and I'll say this about having two monitors in life now. You know, our, our computers have evolved over the years as time does. And I get your hand-me-downs every time. Almost every time. Unless my hard drive craps out or something. But... You get done with a graphics card, I get the new graphics card. You get done with a monitor, be- I get your monitor. Then you get two monitors, and I get your other monitor. Because <laughs> you want your monitors to match, and I don't give a shit. So I have now two unmatching but fantastic monitors. And to have being able to play game on one, and then have whatever else... I, well, I might have Netflix on the other one, so I'm like watching a video and playing a game at the same time. I do that all the time. Oh my god, it's like... If I had had this sort of technology all my life, I wouldn't just be round as I am now. I'd be like, I'd be like the person you have to get the hoist to get me out of the house because I, if I was a kid and I had this available to me, the TV thing where you can watch any TV you want, any time you want, anywhere you want, pausing and watching it over and over and over. Oh my god! It's crazy, isn't it? The kids nowadays. I would have, have grown no- roots on the couch. Like, like kids now have no, don't know any different. It, this is just the norm to them. I think younger kids, like you know, our nephew isn't a hundred percent acclimated to it, but getting more and more like YouTube, I can just watch whatever I want. Yeah, well, that's true. Like, there's no, our past is very, very set in what it was. You know, you watched these set of shows, and we're all familiar with them, all the 40-somethings, around the world even. You say the A-team, it's gone all over the world. You say the Hulk, everyone in the world knows either the comic or the TV show and has it Lou Ferrigno in their mind. Nowadays, you might say a show to a kid, and they're like, oh, I don't watch it. I watch... There's just so much to choose from. So... That I love it now because I have the good, well, I have reasonable judgment to stop sometimes what I'm doing. But then the tablet you gave me has now made it so I can just walk around the house with my Netflix. And I do. And I'll be like, I've got to take that laundry basket down. All right. I'll just throw the tablet on top. I keep watching Netflix as I'm watching, walking down the stairs. I set it up on the dryer. I mean, it's just... It's amazing. It's a different world. It is. It's the same world, but it's better. For me, as a technology, not technology, a very specific entertainment consumer person, I find it fantastic. So, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? What do you see on the little thing? <laughs> I see uh, question marks, but it's all, it's way past dinner time. Two, is it? It's like half seven. All right. It's not way past dinner time. You're just hungry. Huh. I really don't know. What is your suggestion today? Whatever we've got. We don't have any. Oh, that is not true. How about burger, fries, and Broccoli with corn. There you go. That's it. That sounds fantastic. Because last week I discovered Brussels sprouts mixed with corn. Fantastic. I love Brussels sprouts. Isn't it amazing? And that combination, sweet corn and Brussels. People hate them, don't they? So now we're going to do broccoli mixed with some sweet corn. Oh, now you're making me hungry. And my advice, um, it's not really advice, but my question is, like, who are you? Who are you? Who is she? <laughs> That's a reference. Um, from, not very many people are going to know. But, um, you know, recently in my family, there's someone, someone passed away. It's like a, a, a grandpa of a first cousin. So close, but not super close to me. And he was a very specific character his whole life. He was 80 something. He was born 1928. So do the math. But um, I remember in the, not many times I was around him really, but he's very distinctive. He was a joker. 
He would he loved telling jokes. And if a little kid, a grandkid, or a great grandkid would try to tell, because they all knew to go to Grandpa Dale and tell him a joke, a knock knock joke, or the parents would go, go tell Grandpa Dale your joke. So then here's this little toddler popping up and do knock knock, and he would laugh and pat you on the back, and you were the funniest. Oh, that's the funniest joke I ever heard. And he was a like a doer, like. Granddaughter's got a broken down car. Oh, well, let's just get in the truck and go help her. And he was a, like a, a, a person you think of in your mind as this person. He had so many distinctive personality traits. And I'm thinking, I have an, another family member who's going through sort of a, you know, relationship turmoil. And part of the issue is not knowing who they are because of the, in, the, like, I think of it as this, like, tangled roots of a relationship time sometimes that can suffocate you. Like, you get you get sucked up in the other person's negative, fucked up way of looking at life, and you're gone. Like, you're not, there's nothing to you anymore. So, like, who are you? You know, people, I would think people describing me would have some very specific things. That's, I'm not like, it's not like ego talking. I'm saying I'm very, like... I don't know. I don't pretend with people and I don't I don't shrink away from I'm not sure how to describe this now that I'm into it. What have I written down here? <laughs> this is great. <laughs> well, there's one thing. Can you describe yourself? Honestly describe yourself without fear of the person you're talking to looking at you and going, "Uh, no, that is not how you are at all." I have no fear of that. If I were to say to you, Knowing it's a lie. This is me putting on bullshit about me being delusional about who I am. Well, I am just, I am such a compassionate, you know, I really care about people. I mean, I think that's a really strong personality trait of mine. What would you say? I would say no. That's not accurate. I care about very specific people in very specific ways. And my compassion is very limited. It's limited sometimes, and then it's humongous at times, like... You know, you think of a humongous tragedy and your heart just wants to break apart into little pieces. You think of an individual person screwing up their own life over and over and over and causing themselves misery. I don't have compassion for that. I got no sympathy. I don't care how much I love you. I see the truth. If I were to say to you, I can be bitchy. I can be demanding. I can be be moody. And I'm not just saying it preemptively so that you don't say it to me. To hurt my feelings or someone else can't go at me. I know this. Because it is... I'm not putting it on. I'm not faking it. I don't hide from it. I'm not afraid of someone thinking that I'm bitchy. There are people in this world like care about their opinion. But when it comes down to it, if their opinion is that I'm kind of bitchy, that's fine too. If you think I'm loopy because I'm wearing weird two weird skirts that I've sewn together and a shirt with a hole that's big enough for my whole boob to come out, which I am right now, pretty much... And you're thinking, oh, God, what's she? Well, I don't care. I really don't care. I am who I am. And I am, I feel like I'm a very specific thing, you know? And I don't know why I see in other people that they want to, what do you, oh, we got lawnmowers coming up? Nice. I was going to say, this is going (laughs) to. I don't know if they can hear it as much as we can, but. I don't know. This one I'm struggling with, though. I guess my advice is, as inane as it sounds, and it has a has a prerequisite, but the advice is be yourself, 
But the prerequisite is figure out who you are. Because if you feel lost in your life all the time or stressed out or annoyed or like you're just, everything is just constantly chaos, maybe part of the problem is you're nobody. You haven't established anything about yourself to be like um, satisfied with your choices, satisfied with the things that happen around you, you know, amazed by life. And yet, understanding the challenges. I mean, these are things I see in people. They're afraid of being amazed. They're afraid of being challenged. They're, they're fearful of everything. And I think part of it is because they just don't know who the hell they are. They don't know. Like, I don't know how to describe this one. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm lost. I know what so, I mean. So in the my advice head. is she has no idea what she's talking about. No, my advice is find out who you are. Own it. You know, if you are... A weak, weepy apologizer, which was last week's complaint. But if you're one of those people who just feels you're a burden to the world and everything you do is wrong and you're always breaking shit and you should be, like, putting your head down and feeling sorry all the time. If you really feel that that's who you are, own it. You know, if I say it to you, don't be offended. If I say, oh, my God, you're so weak. (laughs) Why are you so wimpy right now? Then just be like, yeah, I am. And that's how it is. And now it's time to quit because the lawnmower <laughs> is driving me mad and probably driving the um, I don't know about that, but I don't, I don't have anything else If you else can I hear can a lawnmower, add. I'm very sorry. I can't add anything to what I'm saying. All right, so thanks to, for listening to the show. Remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitsaw.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. And don't forget to tune in on Tuesday, our Xbox Live, for the un- announcement of the unveiling of the new Xbox Oh, yes, we'll be riveted. Oh, I will. I I am waiting for the live broadcast, and I will be there. It's like E3 for me. I know you will. So um, you will probably, uh, by osmosis, because it's on during the evening, probably. So, um, yes, tune in, Xbox Live. Uh, It's going to be on Spike TV as well, actually. Not only will I hear it in the background, you will then later recount to me everything that happened and everything that was said. And then later you'll say it again. And then later when you buy it, I'll hear it again. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom, Marketplace, or the RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe, and do whatever you want to do there. Email me at aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk because she doesn't know who you are. Unless you know who you are. And stay classy, Mr. Tom Cruise, because... uh, Good portrayal of Jack Archer. <laughs> nice. And, you know, you can tweet at me, as some listeners like to do occasionally, to comment on my little comments. Uh, feel free. I am at SidTalk, C-I-D-T-A-L-K. And I'm also going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone's doing it for you. 